0: Welcome to Mentality, where we are spilling the tea on the psyche today. My name is Camera,
1: And my name is Zach.
0: And today we are having a wonderful conversation about bipolar mental health and poetry with our amazing guest, Yashi Brown.
2: Hello. Hello. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful now, now that I'm here. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It got a little rocky in the beginning, but I had my McDonald's and we're all good. The, which is a rarity. Trip. I want to make sure that we get that across. That's yeah. not an everyday <laughs> occurrence. It. Yeah, no, know. no, no, It's a no. special occasion. <laughs> if I need like a really power pick-me-up in mood-wise, this morning I started out my normal routine with my green smoothie that I mm-hmm. made, my kale, and um, all the mental health things that I really know work. But then sometimes things can interject interject themselves, and we need like a quick boost and so that's where mcdonald's french fries comes oh into absolutely play. i mean mcdonald's french fries are a classic in
1: in my book yeah. i i try to avoid mcdonald's at all costs but those fries they always give me really, <laughs> I, I know, know. also I, that mcflurry that oreo mcflurry oh that's really awesome.
2: yeah
3: i yeah. yeah.
0: like the dots or whatever those the dots were. oh
1: the dip and dots or it
0: was dip and Dots, a little dot ice cream
2: thing
1: oh those yeah oh. yeah i'd probably say my my everyday routine would be uh i have to make my bed that's always a thing that I have to do. Oh, do you remind
2: me of my brother. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I just, I have to, it, it was something I think probably that was instilled in me because it was mm-hmm. something that my parents always told me to do. Mm-hmm. But then there was quite a few years where I just didn't do it. I'd wake up and get out of bed and go take a shower. And, you know, that was usually during college. But then I just found that, like, having that routine, which I guess is kind of taken over from, like, Confucianism, you know, is having that routine yeah. in your day and that being one of the first things you do, you know, I, I get out of bed. I make my bet. I make it, you know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's, there we go. That's well, all. Well, it's, it's
0: an accomplishment. It's your first Absolutely. accomplishment of the day, even if it's small. It's... Showing, oh, yeah, I'm getting into the day. I'm completing something and going forward. And yeah,
1: because even if I make it to the end of the day and I feel like I didn't accomplish anything, I can look at that bed and yeah. be like, Past Zach did that. I yeah. accomplished something today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's absolutely. That's so true. Very goal oriented. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I, I agree. Those little markers are really important, really, really key yeah yeah and it is something that's instilled i had to do the same thing and i had to vacuum because we had a uh, you know carpet in my bedroom not everything seems to be hardwood
1: floors but yeah that was-
2: <laughs> yeah, so but if i had you know the carpet it'd be the vacuum in the morning i already mm-hmm. know because it's like it's about walking it back in mm-hmm. it's about after a long day for me and you walk yeah. in it's like oh just what if you walked in and you didn't see your bed made? Like, yes. what? You know, yeah. it'll like, throw you. you would probably collapse. You know. Yep. I mean, the thing that always gets you me because I'm I'm
1: terrible at this is like folding my laundry and such like that. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll 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 get home and I'll be like, oh man, all of my laundry is on my bed. <laughs> now I have to do that. Your bed is still messy. I just want to go messy. to sleep. My bed is still messy. It's funny because really my bed will well. be made under it. Right. But then all of my laundry will be on <laughs> and top. So it's,
2: it's just f's it all up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely, no <laughs> to, to happen.
1: <laughs> Dang it, Pastor Zach, you didn't take care of me. I wanted to mention our uh, tea real quick before yes. we continue on. So today we're drinking Daydreamer. This is by Tea Spectral. And this has uh, passion fruit and lavender and hints of rose and bergamot. It's a black tea. So it's got some caffeine in it. We made sure of that. I definitely <laughs> needed that for today. Mm, um, yeah. Sleeping in. And this is by Tea Spectral. I don't know why I can't say their name today. <laughs> um, and you can go to their website, teaspectralcom mental, and you can get 10% off your next purchase. So yeah. enjoy that and the many others. You can pick up our official one, Phoenix Tea, which is. Very good. Yeah, I wanted to take that moment to talk about them, but Always let's give just them the dive tea. right in. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah.
0: Yashi, cool. you are accomplished in so many ways. You are an author. You are a poet. You are a speaker and a mental health advocate for many different organizations, including NAMI, which I think is so cool and I want to get into. <laughs> but we just want to get into basically where, where you started within poetry and finding out bipolar is a pretty big part of your life. important in
2: your work, I think. Yeah, for sure. You know, I was playing around with poems and started writing lyrics when I was about 16 years old when I was in a girl group Uh. with my sister. (laughs) It was when I started to experience the symptoms, early symptoms of what became bipolar and serious depression that actually began to really mean something. And I started to see how the, I guess you can say the layers of emotion and the layers of Dep- definitely started to inject themselves in my writing. And I mean, I could just say, yeah, I was bound up. No, I really believe that letting go and surrendering to emotions was part of the process. And it just so happened that I already had a pen. And a, um, at the time it was a pin I was working with. And then it became the uh, Sony laptop, which, anyways, is another story. But. Are you talking it, about electronics, so far? I know. <laughs> it's because we were talking about electronics. I'm like, gosh, I wish I had that. Like, I was so ready to get rid of that thing. And now, because it's so. It represents a a moment Mm -hmm. in time. I still
1: have a laptop with a lot of stuff on it that I don't want to do. Yeah, it it represents. Barely boots up. (laughs) Wish I still had
2: that thing. That's when I started to realize that there was something there that was significant as far as being able to translate what I was feeling. And then I also started to see, wow, there's some talent here. And those moments were fulfilling in themselves and they gave me a boost of confidence because as the symptoms progressed, I heard actually a NAMI. Poet once say it say and it's so resonated. Um, it was the only place I really liked myself in my brain throughout those years. And what you know continued to be was when I was writing a poem. It's like like when my confidence would really kick in and I felt like, well, I know at least I can do this. Mm-hmm. Can't do anything else right. You know everything else is crashing and burning and don't know what to do in life. But I know I can do this.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I I know that when I was a younger, I I did a lot of poetry as well, and it was a wonderful escape.
2: It was yeah. a wonderful
1: way to write down your feelings. It was something that I wanted to do journaling for a long time, you know, and yeah. people always said like to write in a journal or mm-hmm. a diary or something like that. And I tried and it didn't really work for me. I mean, it, it worked, but it, it was hard for me to to kind of get into it Yeah. Me. It felt kind of... I don't know. To me, it felt a little phony for for me personally, yeah. whereas mm. a poem or a song lyrics or something like that felt a lot more genuine for me.
2: Yeah, I can very well resonate with what you're saying. I just got into journaling after mm-hmm. all these years and doing poems. And I know what you mean. I felt like, you know, writing it out the way that it was kind of happening was mm-hmm. just like I just wasn't that wasn't the way that I connected to those emotions. Mm-hmm. I connected to those emotions in a very abstract, non Prose, I know. Absolutely. You know what yeah, I, was I mean? Non-real. It, that was... I was always the feelings I couldn't describe. It was abstract. So I was just like, you know, the best way to describe it is with metaphors mm-hmm. and with uh, similes and with creating these images.
1: Yeah, because these emotions, yeah. aren't, they, they're not spelled out like yeah. in Writing English it out isn't and... going
0: to make not sense of it. Uh, right. You have to make no sense mm-hmm. to make sense sometimes. Totally, and... totally. So, really
2: I, 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 I don't know if that speaks to you in the way I said it, but that's why I couldn't journal for mm-hmm. a long time.
1: Yeah, the emotion. Yeah. It was it was hard to write it down in just a you know A B C kind mm-hmm. of order. It mm-hmm. it felt a lot more powerful to write it in metaphors, like you said, metaphors yeah. and similes, and in ways that emotions they're not always expressed in you know me just uh-huh. talking about it. You yeah. Know, they're yeah, expressed through the emotional poetry and, and yeah. those pictures and such. You know you what's paint. so
2: funny because we're talking poems, journaling, all of this stuff is kind of in the same family mm-hmm. um, to some extent of uh, creative expression, I started to treat my journaling like prayers, Mm -hmm. as if I was talking to the universe, talking to God, talking to this higher power. I would treat it like that. And what I started to notice is it's very effective with manifestation, with putting out there what you really want, because you're being so specific. Mm -hmm. Anyone that knows a lot, has read a lot on manifestation, it's all about the specificity is it is that a word specificity um, the specificity. The specificity Specificity. oh it gosh seems, that's going to turn my mind to thrown out of the dictionary who <laughs> yeah. so can say that but anyways um, scratch it out of the dictionary I know, I know. give us another so one whereas in a poem you might be and, and this is something we could touch on a little later because i think it's another really important topic is mm-hmm. how through music lyrics and what we're saying we also have to be aware of what we're Asking from the universe, yes. Aggression is part of the process, but when we don't allow that space for hope, or that space for some positivity, we don't realize we're we're continuing to keep alive this state. Mm-hmm. of being broken versus yeah. the state of being broken but now we know we can heal or this healing or or wanting to get to that point. But anyways, that's Got another like change that's the another yeah, that's another topic that I think yeah. we sh- I don't know. I, I think it's yeah. great to explore because there's been so many uh tragedies, these areas of men- mental health challenges is just like the feeding ground for especially musicians mm-hmm. and writers. Artists, Actors too, artists, yeah. Artists, yeah. artists, yeah. So yeah, I, treating them like prayers, treating them like that sort of a thing, It's when I really got into it. And is when it really gave me a little, I felt like, okay, I can do this versus let me talk and journal about what happened. It felt like now is opening myself up to something that was close mm-hmm. to that, you know, image creation that you do with poems. It was still in that area. It wasn't too grounded. Cause mm-hmm. I, that was, that's the issue. It's like, feels so grounded sometimes when you're journaling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was able to unground myself, but still be specific enough to realize, wow, I started to see correlations and saw this is really a great technique for manifesting. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah you uh, by, take
0: your power back and yeah. use those I am
2: statements and right. where you want to be. Direct yeah. yourself right where you want to be. Yeah, yeah, this is what I learned and this is what I want, you know, and da-da-da. Yeah,
1: it's great. Something that you said really kind of struck a chord with me of of why the difference between journaling and poetry and such is journalism, uh, journaling does feel a little bit more like grounded, like you said, whereas poetry does feel like it has that air of looking beyond what is what is right here you know mm-hmm. journaling is so much this is exactly what happened this is exactly kind of how i feel whereas poetry is not only exactly what happened and exactly how you feel but also how it felt and also yeah. what it can feel like in the future right and it feels a little bit more forward moving and even yeah. it, it's timeless you yeah know? Uh, journaling feels a little bit more in the present whereas poetry and lyricism is is timeless it can, yeah, it can express right. the past and the future as well
2: there's like infinite Freedom, mm-hmm. you know, to it you yeah. For sure. When you break those uh, those yeah.
1: rules. Manifesting. What exactly do you mean by that? Manifesting. Yes.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I say it in a way where I think we
1: have a shared understanding. I think I understand I, I it. I just yeah, want to yeah, make yeah, sure.
0: I know. I'm a, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a fellow manifester. I know. It's also, hard it's, hard also for the, it's also for the <laughs> listeners as well.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so
2: when you put an intention out there, when you put something out there that is important to you, that you want, you know, that is something that you want to breathe into life. And so understanding the way things can appear, the way things show up in your world, in your reality, is understanding how we place an intention out there and we follow through. And it literally comes to life and it is a living, breathing thing. So it's like setting the intention to be, uh, what what would I say is a good example, the best tennis player of all time, you know, or the best, you know, swimmer Mm -hmm. of all time. If that's your intention, like what are the
1: things you were going to do? There was definitely one day where I wanted that to be because I was (laughs) a swimmer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, funny. Mm -hmm. So so there's things that you do Mm -hmm. that you say that you were hurt. There's things that also that are abstract. In addition to the daily routine, the, you know, the, the physical, there's an also mental part that's behind it, that's manifesting that, that's making that come to life. So understanding the correlation between our thoughts, but more importantly, our emotions and how those emotions translate into making something come to life and you achieving your, you know, what you desire. Now, it also works both ways. You can manifest something you don't want using the same idea. So thinking negative, that, that negative constant, um, mm. rethinking your brain, which mental health to definitely, the, that
1: the is at the cornerstone. That always, the downward spiral, that always.
2: downward spiral, this is, you know, I'm never getting anything in life, and I'm never going to have this, and these people do that. And that, you're manifesting, again, in that way, so you are creating and you are making that come to fruition because that's where your thoughts, but like we said, your emotions are now geared into that space, which is really powerful. And that's what's really causing those things that you don't want to show up. So manifesting goes both ways.
1: Both positive and negative, yeah, kind of yeah. um, self-fulfilling prophecies almost. Yeah, uh,
2: Yeah, thoughts, yeah. emotions, actions, you know, all of that stuff is very, very... Just think just know that when you're thinking whatever, it is literally treated as matter, treated mm-hmm. as not something that, oh, it was just a thought. No, treated as a living, breathing thing, because that is what's happening. We're just we don't live in a um a society that takes these things seriously enough. Yeah. I
1: don't think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. A dear friend of mine told me one day, I was going through a a really tough time. And he said, you know, you should just put it out there into the universe, you know, spend some time just by yourself, you know, sitting on your bed or in a chair or something and just thinking about and, and putting it out there into the universe of the things of the change that you you want, the change that you want to see, and kind of become that change, you know, yeah. And so, you know, that's what I did. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that even, even just that that mind change of uh-huh. going out there, sitting there and being like, look, I'm going to make this happen, you yeah. know, however that is, and putting it out into the universe. Mm-hmm it it does change things you it puts know? you into
0: the direction that you Absolutely. want to be going and without yeah. you realizing it by by manifesting what you're going to do how you're going to do it or even what you want it gets your brain into the process of even unconsciously thinking about okay how are we going to do this let's do this let's mm-hmm. start preparing for this mm-hmm. so you're not just in a rut you're like oh your, your brain is figuring out how it's going to be and it's picking up on certain things in your life and yeah. trying to connect it together then
1: yeah, absolutely. So your your journey for, for poetry, you said you started around 16 years old? Yeah. 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 Wonderful. And then how did that evolve? Like, what was the journey for that?
2: Like I said, it started to really deepen as the emotions deepened with the uh, condition that I was later diagnosed with. And then it continued to deepen, actually, by the influence of um, different people that were in my life, mm-hmm. that their take on uh, creativity, and I guess you can say I was inspired by different people that I knew in their use of more metaphysical concepts and also writers, and so it just so resonated with me. I wanted to include the spirituality, the mysticism of spirituality in my writings, and so I started to combine those types of influences, I'd say, Yeah, probably within the last 12 years or something like that, started to incorporate that as I started to deepen my knowledge of different spiritual practices, like different philosophies I would Mm -hmm. study, Eastern philosophies and getting into meditation then understanding our connectedness with, uh, you know, the elements, the universe and everything. We're all, you know, connected in such a, not just a spatial sense, but also in a you know, biological and then what you get in physics, all of that stuff. I mean, this is nothing new to individuals that study these disciplines. And so that felt so natural to me because spirituality was something that came very natural to me and that just felt very strong. Even from a young age, it was just about finding my spiritual path because I felt like before it was something that I was mimicking versus knowing anything and identifying with a higher power within myself, like directly. It took a lot of pain from having bipolar condition. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
2: a lot of the different types of episodes and psychosis started to really affect how I express myself, but then how I saw the world. The world around you completely shifts after you've experienced any sort of altered thinking, altered reality, psychosis. Mm -hmm. You just can't experience the world the same way. It just isn't like the way I experienced it from that point forward from my first episode, going manic and being hospitalized, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. And so from that point, it was like, I had to piece myself inch by inch, one by one back together. And that didn't happen overnight. But with each piece that I you know, put back together, i learned my spirit you know how spirituality integrated there and how spirituality helped those pieces come together and so in doing that you're you're finding your spiritual path your purpose and you're also learning about the world around you through a new lens You don't know where you're necessarily going, but when you start to feel that footing, that balance again, and when things start to shift, you find the right medicine, you get the right doctor, and everything starts to come together, you're like, okay, this is working. Okay, I don't want to kill myself. Anymore, okay. I think I can, you know, this, you know, these, you know, that suicidal ideation and all of those things start to fall away. And then you're like, okay, I can do this, I can get through each day. And it's about loving each day, not dreading each day, not wanting each day to go away or to, you know, have another purpose. It's about being present. And you see the people, they talk about those physically who tend to be the healthiest where disease doesn't set anymore are those who could stay present. And a lot of those people are individuals who are in healthy relationships in a job they love or working in a career they love or having kids they love. Think about all those things I just said makes a person stay present. Mm -hmm. You know, being in a health, all those situations when they're healthy forces us to be present and forces our body, you know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. a very healthy place to live. So... You know, just taking that into consideration, how being present is is, is healthy and is important to live in the present yeah. as well as focusing on the things you want down the line.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that in our generation, it's a lot of uh, oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen next? How how can I get to where I want to be? Or the past? Oh, that that happened. Why why can't I change that? Why can't I change that? And no one really knows how to live in the present anymore, I don't think. I think people don't know how to get back to center and such. And, but I think that that's a beautiful thing of how you have kind of figured out how to really come back to center and feel the present and really cherish that. I wanted to go back to, when did you find out that you were bipolar and kind of how did that, after that diagnosis, how did that influence your creativity and what happened? So I found out I
2: was bipolar when I was, well, it kind of went through a, a because I've been diagnosed with schizoaffective and and bipolar disorder by two different institutions, um, so I'm kind of down as I'm down as both um, bipolar one and schizoaffective. And the reason why they're, they're they're both mood disorders, they're both mood. I don't like to say disorders, I mean conditions, because it doesn't feel always like a disorder. Um, but they're both mood conditions that you know you that you can have serious symptoms from. And so I was initially diagnosed when I was 24. And as far as the journey with recovery or the journey with just what it felt like,
0: I think within recovery, and also how was it freeing to find out what it was that you had? Was that helpful? Or was that did that kind of hold you back for a little while?
2: Gosh, it's so funny. This is such a topic that is, I don't want to say necessarily controversial, but it's a topic where there's so many po- different views.
3: Yeah. Because <laughs>
2: a lot of people are like, oh, there's no labels. Take away the labels. You know, the labels is what's causing all the issue <laughs> and there are no labels. But actually it was devastating because I was first told I was uh, schizoaffective. So all I heard was that schizo word, which is, mm-hmm. is not, I, and, I mean, I hate So stigmatized, even using that shortened form. Uh, that word is, you know, definitely stigmatizing. If,
1: if you and, don't uh, mind, could you explain a little bit what schizoaffective is? Yeah,
2: so what schizoaffective is, is you have the same highs and lows of bipolar type 1, which is the more severe of the bipolar, and you have the uh, psychosis episodes. But what happens with schizoaffective is once you come out of the manic state, you can still sometimes have residual uh, psychosis, so still have moments of psychosis, but you're no longer manic. But you also get the symptoms of mania, which regular schizophrenia doesn't necessarily get. Mm-hmm. When you have bipolar type one, you get the uh, same thing. You have the manic and you have the psychosis. But once the manic leaves and you're in a more stabilized, you know, state, usually you don't have any psychosis symptoms at all. So it's a very opinion thing. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, one hospital, one doctor can be like, Absolutely not, which is what I've gotten. And then you have another hospital that's going to be like, no, this is what it is. And what it's about is when you're talking to a professional about how you're feeling and what's happening, it's up to them to read between the lines and to determine these labels.
1: Depending on where yeah. you're at that day, the way you describe it, too, could change. And then Absolutely. that influence how they see it as well.
2: Absolutely. So if you ask me about everything that's going on while I'm hospitalized in the height of something, it's mm-hmm. not really indicative of my normal state Absolutely. Mm-hmm. so those are also those are all things to you know think about so while the uh you know the diagnosis because even the diagnosis of bipolar was you know any when i looked at my medication i saw antipsychotic. i was just like whoa and i just broke down into tears and i couldn't you know face that word that word meant so many scary things from movies mm-hmm. we didn't talk about that in our house we didn't know anything I about mean, that almost stuff. over
1: any other like, mental topic, it's, like, probably one of the most stigmatized. Absolutely. Like, so many people don't understand it and you really even talk about it.
2: So scary for mm-hmm. individuals. And so when they see that, when they hear that, when they see that, they immediately have one vision, which is the person on the street that's yelling and screaming mm-hmm. and everyone's afraid of. And I understand both reactions. I do see, I I get that. I You know, I'm not going to even uh, uh, deny that. But it would be wonderful. Um, and that's why I speak out for individuals to also see what happens, you know, and what it could look like when it's maintained and when you're yeah. not in an elevated state and when you're not in a highly psychosis state, because I've been that person in a highly psychosis state. lailing and thinking TVs were talking to me and all sorts of things. And then when the medicines kicked in and I was, you know, brought back to, okay, today is February 9th. It's 2.23 in the afternoon. Literally that's how far off from reality you get. You don't know those things. Instead, those numbers means totally something different. You've you've created mm-hmm. other meanings for those numbers and so so once it all comes back down, calms down, and now you're able to live in society, you start to you tend to the individual tends to want to hide it. But if more people once they start to get back on that path and they're now working at a job and they're and could talk about it. It would really help to see the other side, and that's why it's so important. With you know, with any sort of study, you know, any sort of you know, documentaries, whatever. Would, we only see one side. Is just you not seeing anything. Yeah, you're really when you when you only see one side of something, you're not seeing really anything. And the only side we see of say. You know, of schizophrenia for the most part or severe bipolar is that side that we go outside. So the people that are doing well, that are integrated into society and keeping a secret, which I totally understand. If a job or a boss knew that, they probably wouldn't hire you, which is really, um, disappointing. Which is really disappointing. But if they saw that other part, it wouldn't feel so scary. Mm-hmm. You would be able to see, oh, they're not on the Oh, oh, they need help. Or you would know Okay, that person, if they were treated, they weren't born like that necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, it escalated to that extreme over time for Especially sure.
1: Especially like if they uh-huh. weren't able to get any help or yeah. if no one helped them or if yeah. no one helped try to understand it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that just makes anything worse if it just kind of propagates like that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so anytime we only see one type, one thing, it, it it just is not, so, so that's what makes it so stigmatizing, but then the stigmatizing continues because of us only, but that has been slowly shifting. And we're yeah. seeing more people talk about bipolar. And we see a lot of artists come out and they're talking about bipolar. And we've even seen some people come out and talk about schizophrenia. I truly believe we, the reason why we don't hear more about schizophrenia, it is a little more, de- it is more debilitating. But also, it's still in its archaic forms of T- accessible treatments. Yeah. We still don't have a lot of psychiatrists in this country. I mean, we're still low on psychiatrists. We're low on a lot of these services. And so the least amount of people, and that, honestly, a lot of it goes back to insurance and insurance accommodating oh, yeah. that. So you don't Going have- go all big, the way back to that. You know, so yeah. you yeah. probably have a lot of people that would normally study this field and come into it in the droves, but does is it really supported by mm-hmm. insurance? But anyways, that aside, when you don't have a lot of individuals out there to- you know, help with new forms of treatment and that are um, coming into the space of treating these serious, more serious forms of mental illness. It's, you know, it's, it's progressing at a very slow rate. I've talked to different experts, therapists about schizophrenia. It's just, it's, it's, it's literally, um, Growing at such a slow rate compared to like, you know, what's come out, the medications available, the treatments available, the people talking about like bipolar, bipolar one or anxiety um, challenges Mm -hmm. or severe depression, clinical depression. We hear about those things much more. So, you know, know, we have a lot of examples um, that are starting to talk about them and they're using the labels. A lot of them are. And then a lot of individuals still don't want to subscribe to a label because you know is that really what you have or not what you have i think it's each individuals they're going to they're going to find their way for me it helped me realize i wasn't alone a but really having this challenge what the label did was help me understand why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. That was the key to know, okay, I wasn't necessarily just born to feel, to have my brain spinning and to know that, oh, this is actually something other people have. So there must be a treatment. So there must be a resolution. So there must be, you know, some way to now feel normal because... When you're going through psychosis, when you're racing thoughts are spinning, you are not aware that you can't stop that. Mm-hmm. But you are feeling these emotions, but you're also out of your mind. So when everything calms down and you're on the medicine, you're like, wow, what, just, what was that? When you're given that label, that was very helpful to me. It was very empowering. It was very much so. But at the same time, I felt like I just felt um, embarrassed. You know, yeah. And that's because of the rest of society's stigma. So it had a twofold.
1: Something that always kind of stuck with me. I, I had a friend ask me why I loved writing down quotes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I really like quotes. Um, I think I've talked about this before, but she asked me why, like if she was down or something, I would send her a quote. And I said, to me, it felt nice to know that you're not alone. Yeah. And if someone was writing that quote, then that means that at least you know one other person,
2: mm-hmm. which is
1: sometimes all you need is just one other person was in that same spot that you were, Yeah, which does kind of tie into poetry and writing as well, yeah. um, is, you know, it's if you can read this and you can feel those emotions from that person, yeah. you know, the person writing that poetry, you, you know, you're not alone in the feelings that uh-huh. you have because sometimes that downward spiral it's it's hard not to feel like you this is you're the only person feeling this emotion and like you're so alone and it's sometimes it's really nice to just see that
2: oh yeah it's a great topic to discuss i understand if someone doesn't want to feel like well i don't have that label Mm -hmm. because i do feel that way i just you know i don't want to be defined necessarily by a label i you know that bipolar girl our existence we're we're much more than that human beings are much more than that yeah. so i can I, I definitely can empathize with the individual that doesn't want that attached to them for actual practical reasons it helps to formulate a community mm-hmm. and yeah. it helps to form it's 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 practical you it know it's the some degree yeah, yeah, because if community. no one has labels then yeah
1: essentially you all just become completely 100 percent individuals if you're because you don't have a community which Which is a good thing i mean being an individual is an amazing thing but it also isolates you and Mm -hmm. there's a there's a give and take and there's a pro and con you gotta find
0: a a balance of both Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's what's tough with the mental health community is i mean we're we're on a good trajectory where we're talking about stuff now and it's it's either a cash grab or it's also or it can be a good thing Mm -hmm. but what i hope that media and with poetry and different forms more severe debilitating ones like schizophrenia and bipolar is we can t- take the scary out of it we gotta take, the, take scary the scary out of scary schizophrenia out of
2: like we got to take the scary yeah. out of it and and I don't know it's funny talk about labels that might be a label we might want to rethink I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just so associated with fear and with so many, you know, with such tragedy that maybe there is no going back. I don't want to just, you know, be the one to say there's no going back from anything, but maybe might be effective to just now kind of drop that label altogether yeah. and to identify, use something else in the DSM, yeah. use something else because... I mean, number one, it's just too damn long. It takes too long to say schizophrenia. It's like, why does it have to be so long? You know, I think to shorten it a little bit. And then I really think it'll help. And the other reason why I think it would be a good idea to rethink the name People think it means something that it's not. Yeah. Everybody oh, think it thinks it's uh, you the know name's multiple been redefined. Everybody basically. think it means multiple. Everyone I talk to that you know even in the mental health space and then outside they think it's multiple personalities. Totally
3: different. Which also, is a
2: totally different thing and actually a not very common mm-hmm. condition. That's its own you know and it would be interesting to talk about what that condition is and why yeah. it manifests mm-hmm. itself in the way. But that's actually a personality versus uh, a mental disorder or a mood disorder. Yeah i have a like friend what's who has get,
0: dissociative yeah, identity dissociative, disorder. Yeah, and they've it,
2: called it identity. Yeah, which yeah. is which is great. And so to understand why that happens, mm-hmm. and it makes so to understand the why behind these certain conditions, but everybody thinks it's something that it isn't even thinking. So I don't even yeah. think the word's effective. It's
1: true. <laughs> you and know, in re- the first place, it's been redefined by society. And, it's you totally know,
2: been yeah. redefined. And so taking the scary out of the scare, you know what I mean? Yes. I think that's one of the ones because some of my I mean, literally, three of my close, two of my closest friends, three of my close friends have schizophrenia and they're one of the, they are so brilliant. Oh my gosh, these individuals. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, and I hate to act like, oh yeah, you have to have a middle illness to be brilliant. It's no, 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 no. Please, there's plenty of it. <laughs> it's, it has nothing to do with that, but there is something. When it when the individual is able to get to a point of functioning in society and they're able to maintain their condition, it truly is not an illness. Yeah. It is a I mean, with with schizophrenia, the mental discipline and the mental ability to function and have that simultaneously it is a superpower sorry yeah. it is a superpower i was just
1: about to say that camera says that all the time <laughs> she calls it a superpower and yeah. i love it yeah, yeah.
2: no i mean and, and for bipolar to manage the yeah. moods and to do all of that for sure but to manage your inner workings of your brain and to be in that space at both times people mm-hmm. it is a superpower it is what it is and to some of my friends in that space and that I just I just applaud them and if we could there's they're not the only ones mm-hmm. there's others there's plenty of others but there's this label there's this you walk you know you go into an interview with that Oh yeah, you we went to a, We had a whole episode about that. Yeah, yeah and, and forget about it. Yeah. You know? So Maybe. if we
1: even after you have the job.
2: Yeah, after yeah. you because if so if you're doing there then they're like, well, is something gonna set off? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so do I don't know. To tiptoe so, around you, yeah, walk on yeah, do you have a thing? A thing? So yeah. you can't even really you gotta hide. Mm-hmm. You gotta really hide.
1: Which again A adds to that downward of spiral of, mm-hmm. of not having that community, not having that support, and it can make it worse. Yeah. You for know? sure.
0: But with community and possibly the right medication or just the right mm-hmm. avenue to navigate your mental health, each each one is definitely possible to manage and to influence the superpower in the yeah. right way.
2: No, for sure absolutely
1: I love that you both call it a superpower it's it's <laughs> awesome because she's she's called it a superpower for almost every episode and it's wonderful
2: oh yeah and you know I mean I like I said I've heard <laughs> it attached to different challenges and mental mm-hmm. health challenges and it definitely to manage a challenge in that but there's certain conditions that you really gotta mm-hmm. understand how to to really it's an ongoing and it's just it's just you have to applaud those individuals and from the ones that I've seen they are able to manage their symptoms by literally challenging their brains, their yeah. brains have to be so challenged that they can now that it doesn't wander into creating other. It's doing all those other things because it's not like challenged. And then mm-hmm. so once they have that super challenging goal and they're they, they're operating at a high level. It lessens the symptoms. I
1: feel like I'm constantly tinkering with my brain and my mental health (laughs) so that I can almost get through the day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it manifests in different things, whether it's writing something or creating something or, you know, going out and and discussing these things with people Mm -hmm. and all of this different stuff, but I'm constantly having to set those goals and constantly having to tinker little different things of, you know, maybe I need a little bit more caffeine today just so that my, my brain can like operate on the level that it needs to be Mm -hmm. so that I don't go into that like depressive spiral. (laughs)
2: Yeah. No, no, no. I hear you. I hear you. You're not alone (laughs) in that in a lot of ways. Do you feel like
0: when you got medication, the right medication, do you think that that helped or it, it, and also did it take away or help you with, your poetry.
2: So it was a game changer for me being on the right medicine. Before then I was having all the fluctuations. I was being that pain in the ass to the people around me cuz I was having the fluctuations. Before completely. medication or, be- or before before you found the, the right medicine. medication. Before before the right medication. Okay, got it. Cuz when I was on well before I wasn't on it all the time. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. I was taking it, you know, when
1: when you felt like it or when i felt like well
2: when i say oh yeah i should take that thing the doctor said oh yeah, oh, yeah i of should course. probably do that yeah. let me take it or i missed a day i'm like okay i'll take it tomorrow not realizing i'll double up next day no don't right. do that no. yeah no, no no not with mental health <laughs> not with mental health i um was all over the place and so when i finally so so that'll so not taking it every day not taking it Every so often, or not taking it at all—all all of that is the same thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of just—it'll keep you all over the place.
1: Yeah, roller coaster. Right? I mean,
2: for the most part, it probably will. So when I got on the right medicines, and when I when they when I was really just talked, sat down and talked to by my doctor. She really, because I was still in that pattern of, oh, I didn't take it to date him. Mm-hmm. She just said, you have to take it every day. You have to take it every day. Otherwise, we don't know what to change. We won't know what's working. We don't know where to go. And I was feeling so crappy and I was just so hopeless, depressed and ill and out of my mind that it made sense though. And I had to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I just made sure to do it. And when it started to work and when I forgot that I was unhappy when I forgot that I was unhappy is when you couldn't. I couldn't turn back every single day since then, and that was in um 2008. I have not turned back, and I've been on the same same dose, same medications now. In answer to what you were saying, yeah, my poetry before was was good. As far as now, I think it's way better okay. because I'm able to still tap into those spaces but I'm able to feel the full range of emotions and the emotions are more real they're less like influenced by media influenced I have more control I have more control and I'm still able to tap into all that creativity it's not something I can't tap into but you just got to remember with bipolar and with you know, with the medications you can have a, it could have a flattening feeling like you're taking away emotion and feeling which is the complaint and why a lot of artists don't stay on it because art is what artistic expression. That's if you're an artist and that's taken away, you're taking away everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're literally taking away everything. with is, is what it feels like. Yeah, because the they're tapping into that to you create what they You know, that's what that's what they mm-hmm. do with her You know, that's they're an artist, and so the one thing that they feel connected to is the one thing that's jeopardized with medicine. I mean, you tell me which one you choose. Mm-hmm. You know, so. When I was on the right medicine, I didn't realize I was on, I didn't feel like I was on medicine, number one. And number two, I was able to now feel the full range of emotions. So I was able to feel excited for when it was time to feel excited. And then I was able to genuinely feel sad when something was sad, not feel sad when something wasn't sad so Mm -hmm. that makes sense we do have (laughs) sadness for a reason i mean those things those emotions are very real and it helps it's that's part of the human experience Mm -hmm. so it's not about deadening all that We, we we have to understand the its place and we have to understand how to channel it that that's the key and so i was able to experience that full range tap into it and because of that I was able to have more control over my creativity and my poetry which would make sense
0: yeah and then I wanted to get into people of poetry
2: Uh uh-huh what
0: what is that when did you start that and what are you hoping to do with that
2: yeah so people of poetry uh started in the concept, it was funny because the concept was between a friend of mine and I, and we were um, just kind of playing around with different types of, I guess you can say ideas to, you know, the, around doing a community about poetry or poems or something like that. And we were at my grandmother's house and we were, she's like, pop, something. She's like, what do pop? I don't know what that is, a pop. You know, because my family pop music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that I had to actually say that, but um, and so <laughs> that's when I music, what? yeah I know right, <laughs> and then that, that's when I said people of poetry, mm-hmm. and then I, it all makes sense. So it was definitely um my friend Helen and myself coming together as far as on the title and then from there i started to do poetry workshops in different hospital settings uh, well hospital setting a uh, metropolitan state hospital and that was for forensic patients mm-hmm. so individuals that were dealing with a mental health issue and they were had a known diagnosis but had you know gone through some law issues with the law So I would go in there and do poetry workshops, and the feedback was just so enormously, overwhelmingly amazing, which was so beautiful for me because um, that kind of happened by accident. So I I started going in and and kind of going in that route, and um, now we're going into another phase. I don't want to say the concept just Mm -hmm. yet, but it's going to be close to the name, the concept. I haven't really worked other than that a lot with it just because I've been so focused on the speaking aspect of my career. Yeah. I do a lot of speaking with a lot of different organizations. I do storytelling, you know, and I'm also now working on my, uh, I finished the audio book, but the audio musical version of my poems. What? So, oh, that's crazy. Yes. That's so yeah. cool. Well, yeah,
0: tell, um, tell us a little bit more about your, your book a little bit, mm-hmm. which that came out in 2012.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Black Daisy and a White Limousine. Yeah. It's just about the journey of, I guess you could say, coming in of age, <laughs> you know, from, uh, young lady into womanhood into finding you know, finding yourself, finding yourself in all different ways and I feel like I'm totally still finding myself from that time period <laughs> of when I first wrote it. There's just a lot of older poems that I started to write when I started to feel better actually as well. And I incorporated a lot of those pieces. Uh, romantic pieces, but pieces about God, about humanity, about the earth. Now they're calling that eco poetry, I think it's called, or mm. ecological poetry. Oh, it's like that. a journal, <laughs> yeah. Just like um, eco sci-fi is a now specific area of science fiction. It's really interesting because Chipped of oh, just I the con- haven't heard of that. Yeah, before. because of the um, big sci-fi fan. Band, so. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it's I'm such a sci-fi fan too, but because of the um, concern for the planet and our environment, yep. it's making itself into actual specific sub. Within, genre, within genres, which is really interesting. The book incorporates, you know, different pieces. Black Daisy in a White Limousine was based on a song that I wrote and with my sister. And so I just took it as the title. I've always identified with that, in not just a literal sense to some degree, but also just feeling that darkness inside and that feeling of void, and like you're devoid of any light. It's like you have this hope, you know, you're this beautiful, I guess you can say piece of nature, like a flower, like a daisy, you know, that you have that, but it's just being closed in. There's no sunlight coming on it. It's just, you know, just being cramped by darkness. And then in a white limousine which just this kind of like visual around it of kind of this, this misunderstood, um, I guess you can say glamour or something like that, or, Living in the Western culture, we li- we tend to um, live in a privileged society. You know, we have things in our culture that other cultures are are severely, severely lacking. Yeah. Um, even though we have things that are severely lacking as well, but we have a lot of conveniences. We have a lot of things to be blessed for. And so, but there's still this kind of false sense of just also a false sense of security. So I guess, you know, I'm trying to explain all the different angles and the different ways that I interpret that title.
1: I wish I could just take that that clip and send it to ever, basically everyone <laughs> in my life because this is something that I think only Cameron knows for the majority of the <laughs> listeners, but a lot of my new co-workers and such I've had them call me light and it's for almost the exact reason that mm-hmm. you described is is that it's feeling devoid of light, you know, feeling devoid of, of sunlight and emotions and things mm-hmm. like that. And it was kind of my way of manifesting in the world of having someone call me light, having mm-hmm. having that word there, yeah. you know, manifests it. And yeah. it, it made me feel happier uh-huh. and things like that. And it just, it really helped and it it still is helping. So I mean that the way you described that was like wow I I wish I could have described that to people. <laughs> oh as well as wow! Now you have a new bite. Yeah, I know, right? But that's
2: poetry. That's yeah. something you can't literally write down in a journal. Absolutely. You're taking yeah. back the light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But
1: and you're you're right with the the white limousine. Our culture is so it's we have that glamour, you mm-hmm. know, and everyone you see that outside glamour and it's all pretty and you know bright and everything, but. It could be decomposing on the inside, you know, you you don't know. And so we see these Instagrams, social media and all Uh that stuff where everything looks amazing on the outside. Yeah. But like, you don't know that just beyond the the camera, that everything is just terrible.
2: It's it's like false sense of lightness. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. It's just manufactured.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And then I I, I love that visual of it being a a daisy, a flower, Mm -hmm. something that is beautiful, you know, so you have that the association of of no light. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: it's still beautiful in its own right. So that's an amazing just that title in itself. <laughs> Thank you. Let Thank alone you the so whole much. book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: I wanted to know you. You had a topic you wanted to go into. and We have a little bit of time left about artists and in, in the industry and yeah, yeah, within mental
2: health. No, we were just talking about we were talking about manifestation yeah. and mm-hmm. the words that we say, and then the passion and the emotions mm-hmm. that go behind those words. Some of your best writing and your your most inspired moments are the most tormented. Yeah. We write in those spaces for a reason because it helps to get it out. And there's a very valid place for that. But at the same time, when you revisit it, it takes you back to that space. And sometimes you could keep it alive. And so I just found a lot of times with artists, we write in these moments and we don't realize the possible long term effects of it. It was Sting who made a comment, like one of the biggest hits for the police was every breath you take right mm-hmm. it's kind of a very dark yeah stalking kind of a thing it was yeah. written out of a very you know i'm sure a very honest real whatever it is based yeah most on... people
1: think that's a pretty creepy song <laughs> A very creepy song <laughs> yeah. but it was
2: like their biggest hit mm-hmm. like so many people identified with it but he he wanted to not leave it there he wanted to re-identify with something else and this is the to me, I, he's one of my favorite artists and as far as uh, writing is concerned in general. Influencers writing. On his follow-up album, solo album, he did Free, uh, what is it called? Set Them Free? Um, what is it? Free. Oh. Uh, right. free, free. But it's the whole, con- yeah. I, I can't remember the actual title, which is crazy. But the lyrics are like, if you need somebody call my name. If you love someone I'll do the same. If you I forgot, but it it, it goes to like If you want to hold on to someone, don't even think about me. If you love somebody, set them free. I know that it's like one of those songs I love. But you see how that was like, so if he's performed, you know, so he might, they might do a song of like Every Breath You Take or whatever, the but he went back in and was able to tap into the beauty of that and also no longer only identify with that dark. I think creatively, but also in manifestation that's a really important thing because mm-hmm. if he if was only if he was still stayed in that state and was only seeing we're manifesting these things this is what goes back to writing and manifesting and understanding the power of our creative voice but the power of words words are so powerful they vibrate especially when you're a music artist and it's being played in radio stations all over the world all over the planet you're spreading a message and then you're realizing your vibration is reaching very far and wide so you know understanding that power as musicians don't think we think that deep into it. You know, you're just about communicating your emotions and where you're at. We don't necessarily think that deep into it. So when that song, because a massive hit, you have to keep singing that song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fans want to hear that song. You yeah. know, fans want to... And, and so you're, you're keeping that a lot. You're kind of keeping that going you're keeping that alive you're keeping that because you're tapping back into that that state that mm-hmm. that anguish whatever it is you know if you're also dealing with a mood challenge you're also dealing with other challenges in life sometimes you know I just see that correlation between artistry and content and how if you already kind of have struggles in a condition are we really allowing ourselves even to heal? Yeah. to go beyond that dark moment in our lives if we're having to you know continually satisfy audiences with the big hit yeah. that yeah. was this under thing
1: from so, 40 50 years ago from 40 got 50 a,
0: years ago in kind a of positive way to yeah. resolute it again and-
2: if you're someone who's not you know experiencing a chronic a serious chronic condition or um substance issue or whatever But if you're super sensitive to emotions, like we were just talking before, God Mm -hmm. here, and if you have a condition or something that um, makes you more vulnerable, you're even more vulnerable. Yep. (laughs) I I relate
0: hard. Very Very sensitive to emotions, so... I know that yeah, anxiety and such. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to say
1: thank you so much for sitting down with us. This was a wonderful conversation on so many different amazing topics, (laughs) things that are very near and dear to me. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we're all creators here and it's, great so thank you so much for sitting down with us
0: yes thank you Hello, poet and yes Aww. i really appreciate it and it's i i really admire you so much. <laughs>
1: oh,
2: thank you so much you're so darling first of all um, <laughs> oh, thank you. you have this like cute you're she always these cute babies yeah <laughs> These cute um but, i have um, a dasher yeah, or would, beret. Let me say it. I correctly. wish that
1: I had like ten percent of camera's fashion sense. Oh uh, and... Right, yeah. just
2: just like you know, this is who I am. Yep, exactly. Thank you. Well, well, let's talk about you
0: for the for the last portion. What are you working on? What's coming out? What are What are you doing that you want the people to know about?
2: Um, so I'm working out the musical, like a uh, performance, I guess, expression of my poetry that's gonna incorporate dance, that's gonna incorporate music, that's gonna continue with the actual poems as well. So we're gonna see how that goes with using different sound technologies as well. Mm -hmm. So that, and working right now also on a project that would be like a, I don't wanna say an outpatient facility because it's not for patients, but it's for individuals that have a condition But that are like me and a lot of people that are functioning we function well but we don't function well at life yeah. meaning like what? making sure we're good places on time or paying mm-hmm. bills on time or all the things that also go along with being like a healthy living person Yeah. so you know not everybody can afford the best assistance on the planet not everybody no. can afford a personal to just like take care of that because the artists that do that just really helps so creating a, a living space that takes care of that for high functioning individuals that have a mental health challenge because now you can take your your everything to the next level but if you're still struggling in these other areas you'll never get ahead wonderful Yeah. yeah beautiful
1: and yeah. where can they where can they find yes. all of <laughs> these things uh, for the future projects that you're doing and to follow you?
2: Um Well, they just continue to follow my social media. I'm available on Instagram, which I'm trying to get back into it. I have not been very uh, consistent. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I am in a transition working on different things. So it's kind of like once... Each aspect has its definitive visual, then, um, you know, all of that's going to make much more sense. But in the meantime, Twitter is probably your Twitter and Instagram.
1: Is it uh, at Yashi Brown or?
2: Yeah. Yeah. All of it is at my name. Y-A-S-H-I-B-R-O-W-N. I have the privilege of having a new name so I'm able to get yep. everything. You know, yeah, all Gotta the, love it. You do All the handles. I don't have to go through the stress other yeah, people do. With I like... know. Can you imagine like <laughs> Amanda 5342 at gmail every time i see that i'm like oh poor thing it's <laughs> funny you're probably calling out
1: one that exists too because i know just so right, many right 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 I'm probably
2: even to me that was like authentic <laughs> <laughs> no, we know. always like to
0: end it off with a laugh yeah oh my god <laughs> camera definitely.
1: where can they find you
0: uh you can find me on instagram at camouflage c-a-m-a-r-a-f-l-a-g-e and my website, camerowen.com, Rowan spelled R A U E N. That's my real last name. I hide it sometimes, <laughs> but you know, camera's fun. So Fun fact
1: I didn't know what her last name was for quite a few months after I knew you. <laughs>
0: now you do. Your name
1: was Roland for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah,
0: because it just makes more sense. Camera, Camera Roland. Roland be so much easier if it was. It just yeah. Really makes my name you fully <laughs> um,
1: yeah. And you can find me at EPSEC, E P S E C H on Instagram. I have deleted all of the other social medias. And you can find Mentality at Mentality Talk on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Yeah. And you can email us. You've heard our voices and our vibrations. We'd love to hear yours as well. mentality talk at gmail.com. Yeah. And thank you again so much. This yeah. was oh, wonderful. Gosh, this is beautiful. Yeah. Oh,
2: thank you. Thanks again for having me, of you course. guys. Of course. Thanks for being uh, patient this morning and with my mcdonald's detour of course no,
1: that's, no we're that's so great. happy
0: because i think a lot of people are gonna want to hear what you have to say and
2: we're very grateful for it oh, yeah.
1: maybe i'll go grab some mcdonald's myself because i haven't eaten today all right
2: well i'm not encouraging that just no i didn't i didn't encourage it wasn't me <laughs>